How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast, and let's just jump right into today's subject. We're going to keep this one actually a little uh, relatively short. Um, I was watching, so this is kind of election-related, but not really, per se. Um, So... Today and every single day since November 3rd, the presidents have, or excuse me, the presidents, the, uh, the president and the president-elect, um, have come on stage to, to give their own perspective on the delay on voter counts in certain states. And to all those first, let's just nip this in the, in, in the butt. Every state is in charge of how they want to handle their um, their voter registration, um, their their voting requirements, everything of that nature. As long as it fits co- into the constitutional way of handling things, then um, they can they're they're given complete freedom over how they want to run their election process. And in that note. These delays that we're seeing in a lot of different states when it comes to um, just who is going to be the elected representative, and we're talking presidents for this podcast, even though it's not really that important, but um, you're looking, there. Uh, a lot of people are waiting to find out exactly who's going to be the president, the elected president for that state, or like... Who's going to get the elector votes for the president of the United States from that specific state, right? Everyone's kind of waiting and holding their breath and whatever, 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 stressing out, being anxious. And um, a lot of states didn't really have a lot of mail-in ballots. Some states didn't even have mail-in ballots. A lot of, I think almost all of them did have some level of mail-in ballots. I think that's just something that's part of uh, just American politics. I mean... Uh, going all the way back to the Civil War, there have been mail-in ballots, but not to the to the influx or volume that existed to um for this campaign or for this election period. It's pretty late for me. Excuse me, I've had a pretty long day, and so also every state kind of uh, going back to my original uh, original points that I was making at the beginning. Every state kind of handles their election process a little bit different or their voting process a little bit different. And so some states have in their agenda where they didn't start counting mail-in ballots until the day of election, whereas some other states started counting them as soon as they received it. Nevada did that. Uh, Florida did that. as just an example. States that did not do that are like Pennsylvania, where essentially all their mail-in ballots, they don't start counting until November 3rd. And when you have millions and millions, and a lot of people are wondering why is it taking so long for mail-in ballots to be counted? The reason why is because when you go to, uh, um, to vote in person, in most states nowadays, it's all digitized. So you go in, and there's different systems. There's like a, a digital slash paper format where essentially you're picking your candidates on a digital screen and then the digital screen then marks your ballot for you. And then 
before it processes your ballot, you get to look at it. It's behind like a glass. I remember this from the last election four years ago. And so in Nevada, it was that double system where I would vote on a screen. Then I would see my ballot on uh, my actual paper ballot with the marks on it behind a glass panel to review it. And then if it looked like exactly the candidates I I voted for on the screen, then you hit submit, it would process into the machine, and then it was done. It was locked away. And that is a little bit easier to count because essentially what you're doing is you're taking the electronic uh, information and then kind of tallying that up. And then you have the paper copies as a backup to support the the ballots in case of like voter fraud or something of that nature or like a voter manipulation or uh, like voter hacking and things of that nature. You still have the paper ballot to kind of use as a supporting document for your specific vote. Well, with mail-in ballots, you can't aut- automate this process. It has to be like um, it has to be manhandled. It's or not manhandled. It's the worst term to use. It has to be. Um, it has to be uh, like done by humans, essentially. Sorry, the like opening up the envelopes. And reading off the ballots and marking the the and then putting it into the machine that then records your selections. That takes a person to do that because you can't really have an like most people wouldn't even trust a robot anyways to do that to like cut your envelope, pull out your ballot and then put it into a machine to scan. So a lot of these are all individually being opened. These envelopes are being opened and then processed in the machine, right? And so let's just get this out of the way. We all knew. For all those that were staying on top of things and and being educated about this process, we knew way ahead of time that this was going to be the likelihood for a lot of states that we would not see election results potentially for weeks, not days, possibly even weeks. Um, And the process actually would go in a lot smoother than expected. And for those states that we thought it would take weeks, it's looking like we should know by this weekend who... Uh, won the presidential election, essentially, and some other Senate seats and House seats and state legislator seats and, and things of that nature and judges and whatever. But this whole podcast in the last five minutes that I've been talking about all this, it's not actually about that entire process. I just wanted to kind of get that out of the way. Um, what this is about is uh, the two candidates and their way of addressing the people Every single day, I will praise, even though I did, I do not support the man whatsoever. I reluctantly voted for him only because I did not want to vote for a person that I felt like didn't empathize with the majority of Americans and didn't understand what the, str- the struggles for an average person is. I, it's, I just, it blows my mind when people think that a billionaire could ever understand, especially not a, self-made billionaire but someone that was given money was raised in wealth could somehow understand what the average person's life could ever be like they've never been in that position whatsoever so how could you believe that this person could empathize in with your situation but outside of that outside of all of that and then just a lot of different things as well i just don't feel like he empathizes a lot with people that are struggling he just does things because he knows it's going to garner him a vote 
And to him, winning is more important than anything else. Like if if winning to him means that he needs to do something, he's going to do that thing so he can look like he's winning. Uh, that's what's more important to him. It's not your situation. It's the idea of winning. And if the idea of winning helps you as a person, then I guess that's good. But that's not the case. And that's not for the most of the people that he's representing. Um. So first, like I was saying, uh, we're addressing Biden. I think he's done a really good job at every single time to say, I don't like the fact that he's saying that it looks like he's going to win. I don't really think he needs to do stuff like that at the moment. I do like the narrative, though, that he says that, like, you know, whether I'm a Democrat, I'm still going to represent you, the like you, the American people. Like, I'm not a blue candidate, a red candidate. I'm going to be an American president, and that's it. So even if you didn't support me, I'm going to still make sure that, you know, we we take care of your your situation. I think that's the right narrative, and also the narrative of saying like let's let the election process work it work its way out. But I just don't like the fact that he's kind of like claiming that he feels very confident that he's going to be winning. I would not feel confident if I were him, to be honest. He's a lot of like the all the states that are very important are very tight tight races. It's so weird that it's like that. But Nevada, Pennsylvania, Arizona. Michigan, um, Georgia, those five states are like, we're talking about like less than 20,000 votes to swing one candidate from one side or the other. And so to those, also to those people out there that don't think that their vote matters, your vote does matter because 20,000 might sound like a lot of people, but that's 20,000 people that think that their vote doesn't matter, that didn't vote, that could have made a huge difference in this election. But anyways, we still had huge voter turnout. On Trump's side, though, I do want to address this. So I I wanted to get out the very beginning stuff out of the way because he keeps harping on this idea that there's a lot of um, voter illegalities occurring and a lot of like mail-in ballots that are, are arriving to this day that should not be counted. And that's not in his right to, to address that. And he's trying to fight that in the Supreme Court and... Uh, Many educated individuals believe that the Supreme Court's not going to um, get involved with with uh, voting because that's like a very sensitive thing, and and it's been addressed a long ago that this is a state based thing. Unless states really did something that's unconstitutional, then they're really not going to get themselves involved. And when you have a system where it says like uh, some states have allowed it, like Pennsylvania had a system, and I think Nevada does as well, where essentially if you mailed in your ballot and it was postmarked on the 3rd of November, that technically that vote can still count, even though it's probably not going to arrive until like four or five days later. It still counts technically because it was sent out and dated by the post office on election day. So um, if you did that and the state allowed that, then that technically is a legitimate vote in your state. Maybe in another state it wouldn't count, but in your state it will. And this whole idea that a lot of states like enacted these like specific laws to kind of manipulate the system is a lot of garbage. But he did bring up something early on in his discussions uh, that I 
100% agree with. And this is actually, I talked about him before in another podcast. I cannot believe I'm saying this. Again, I did not vote for him. I do not respect the individual as a president. I think he's an entertaining guy. And I think he would suit very well in many seasons going forward of Apprentice. And he's a television guy and he does a really good job with that. And drawing out drama, that's just like what he's good at. But what he did address today, um, and I think he probably addressed yesterday as well, is outside of all the other narratives that I talk bad about, is something that I, I, I do agree with. And it's the fact that from the very beginning, so many special interests have been in place to, to write a narrative to go against the president. And it's, it's obvious, you know, if you watch the news, if you look at Hollywood, a majority of all of these organizations, maybe Wall Street as well, though that I think they always, they're kind of like the president. They're, they're sociopathic in the sense that they just always want to win. Their idea is always winning and making the most money as possible. And so um, they feel like the markets need stability. And for markets to have stability, they feel like Biden is a more stable president than Donald Trump is. And I would probably argue with that. But who gives a shit what Wall Street thinks about anyways? Um, but the president is wholeheartedly correct in saying that there are a lot of special interest groups out there that have pushed a narrative for so long that he's a bad president and that we need to do everything in our power to get rid of him. And I agree with the points. I don't agree with the the way that the conversational piece is is done. I think you really all you have to do is kind of allow his own actions to kind of dictate his, his like his outcomes, but the fact that the media is so fixated on him really gives the president out in saying like these guys are, are after me. Look at the, the corrupt, the corruptness in the system and things of that nature. And then secondly, the most important, and I think what I'm going to tell this podcast is the polls. How the F did these pollsters get this so wrong? They had multiple states at like five points above Trump and and saying that Biden was going to win those states with a plus or plus or minus of like two points, which still put Biden on those states that he had five points in for sure going to win. It would have been a close race, but he was going to win with like two points to vote. That's not what's going on here. Like most of these races are very, very close, like super close. And if you look at the popular vote, Biden does have 3 million more um, supporters than Trump, but Trump has a lot of people. He broke his previous record. So he brought on another, I think it was 4 million individuals to his side. Um, The Democrats also had a big turnout as well. So this could be like younger people that finally became of age that voted for either side. This could be independents that didn't vote. This could be a lot of different people that either didn't vote, weren't able to vote, whatever it was. Um, and so that's I think that's where these numbers are coming from. I don't think like 4 million Democrats went to the Republicans. No, that didn't happen. It was more like 
certain class of individuals just sided with him. And same thing with the Democrats as well. They had a huge influx. And if both sides are having the biggest numbers ever, that just means in general, more people voted. But I I agree with the president says that the polls were stacked against him as well. And if you're a donor wanting to donate to the presidential election, if you see that the polls say that Biden is supposed to be winning in like a sweep, like easily win this election, why would you donate money to Trump for the average person? Like if you think you're donating into a sinking hole, why would you do that? And so I agree with the president in the sense that that was some level of um, not voter suppression, but information suppression where essentially it was like, and not information suppression. It's like more like information manipulation, I guess, where essentially they, they make a candidate look so good. And that's really the only reason. So there's two reasons why Biden would ever win this presidency. One, it's because Donald Trump shot himself in the foot and he didn't do enough for uh, the average Americans during this pandemic. He didn't fight for more stimulus packaging. He didn't do a good job at handling the pandemic. He started off the pandemic doing really well. He was holding his daily briefings and everything of that nature. But that moment when he was talking about like bleach and, and lights, infrared lights in the veins. And from like that point forward, he like got really upset about how the media was like narrating what he said and just ended the coronavirus task force, like daily meetings and started going after like the, the doctors and the scientists. And that really made a lack of confidence in, in, in our president. But if he would have stayed on top and kept doing what he was doing before, Oh, he would have easily won this election because everyone thinks that he does a better job at managing the economy. Like survey wise, I don't think he personally does, but that's just on a topic for another day. But for pandemic, which uh, or for COVID nineteen, which definitely a lot of people care about, I'll, you know, a lot of people would say that he didn't do as good of a job as if another person were in office that would take this a little bit more serious. So yeah, I think Trump shot himself in the foot, and then secondly, there's just this blasted narrative of like we need to get the president out and. Joe Biden is the right person to do that. And so from polls to media to everything, it's just like the cards were stacked against him and uh, stacked against Trump and just kind of then the, and talking about whether he would be a good second term president or not. I personally don't think he would be, I have my reasons for it and I would love to sit down and debate with anyone about those things. But at the end of the day, even if he was uh, a okay president, that guy, I mean, if the same narrative was going on, it still would have been really difficult for him to win an election with that kind of narration going. I, any, It would have been difficult for any person, even if they were favorable to win, to have that kind of narration going on in the background really is not conducive to helping you win. And to see that even with all of that, how many people voted for him still that's crazy. I mean, this country is literally divided. The voters that voted, it's like almost 50-50, where it's like 50% voted for Biden and 50% voted for Trump. But I don't think a lot of people are Republican and Democrat. 
It's just that you have like a lot of people that are independents that chose a side because when you look like, for instance, Florida passed a minimum wage increase of $15 an hour, which is not conservative in any way, but they did vote for a conservative president. So you're seeing like there's some level of confusion between like, like local municipality laws and, or like state laws and the federal government and how it handles itself. So I don't know. It's, it'll be very interesting. We're supposed to know in the next day or two who's possibly going to win the election. And then it's, again, it's going to take weeks of legis- like litigation. The president's already like suing a million different states. And um, so it's going to be a, a ton of litigation. Hopefully by the end of December, we'll know for a fact who's going to be president. Um, but yeah, I'm not holding my breath. I just wanted to talk about this. I know it took me a long time to kind of get to that point, but it really is insane when you think about it, just how much, how successful Trump was in, in garnering votes to himself with such a level of negative publicity towards him. And he doesn't help his own situation either. So it's like him shooting himself in the foot, the media, Hollywood and the polls all stacked against him, right? Himself and everyone else. And yet he still garnered that many votes. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. People don't make sense to me sometimes, but you know, people are, uh, are in their right to, to make those kind of decisions. And that's why we live in a democracy. But, uh, like I said, it'll be very interesting to see where this goes, but either way, thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast and I'll catch you guys all manana. Peace.